That's right. It's our favorite segment of the week right here on The Rush, live on The Ref. Coach Bob Stoops joins us every single Tuesday at 320. It's always a good day to be Bob Stoops, but Friday, Teddy, is going to be a really good day to be Bob Stoops. He's got his birthday coming up on Friday, and what better way to celebrate your birthday than to have a golf tournament that is the uh, Bob Stoops Golf Tournament. So, uh, Coach, happy early birthday this golf tournament sounds like it's going to be a little bit. Uh, it's going to be some fun on Friday. Uh, sure, it will. It's, they're always fun. We have a good time, and uh, it's for our charity, um, our Champions Foundation, that benefits uh, children's organizations from Norman through Oklahoma City. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, prayers for me. I'm playing golf with Alan Carter on Friday and his group. So. Um, uh, not going to win anything. Can you grow a mustache before Friday <laughs> and do it what, like his? I'll see what I can do. Well, Coach, we had the uh, the first game. Got out there, looked pretty good. Did some good things. Uh, what you What you think of the first matchup against UTEP? I thought it looked great. Um, no surprise. Um, you know, Brent's a great coach. He's got a bunch of surrounded by great coaches who all know what they're doing, and they've got a group of players that that are tough, hardworking guys that really embrace them. Um, so I thought it looked awesome. I, I, I was impressed. And, um, you know, you could tell Dylan Gabriel and Jeff Levy have worked together. There was no hiccups there whatsoever and going fast and, you know, exciting brand of football. They, you know, run and pass. I thought defensively they looked really good. Uh, I loved the effort. Uh, it was obvious all the different uh, balls they got their hands on. Uh, coverage was really good and solid. Got a bunch of pressure to the quarterback. Controlled the run game. So, uh, you know, everything about it I thought was really solid. This segment with Coach Bob Stoops brought to you by Modelo. Um, you just mentioned a lot of things. How about Gavin Freeman and that touchdown run that he had in the first quarter? Oh, it was awesome. It was great. Um just a great run and uh, great play design. So, no, I I, uh, I thought it was, yeah that was an excellent play. It's wild, you know. Dylan Gabriel comes in and threw a couple of really nice deep balls. Was accurate most of the day. Scrambled around, did some good things, avoiding the rush. There was there was a couple of protection uh, protection hiccups, but to be expected. And then he flashed in the running game and. It looks like yet again Oklahoma's going to have another standout quarterback. I know we've we've asked you about it before, but the run of quarterbacks at Oklahoma truly is incredible and I I just there's no way it's matched by anyone else at least not recently. No, heck no, not since you know, you just anyway, 20 plus you know, you years. Go back to, you go back to 2000 and Josh Heupel was the Heisman Trophy runner-up in the AP. I think he was the AP Player of the Year. Yeah, and he so, was uh, he was the um, quarter, the the quarterback. He won the quarterback award too, I think. Right? Yeah, several yeah. of them. Yep. So um, so anyway, yeah, no question. We've we've had an incredible run of great quarterbacks, and you know it, it makes a big difference. I mean, that guy, you know, handling the handling the football every single snap and dealing it around makes a big makes a big difference and like you said we're fortunate we've had some you know some great ones here through the years 
I think a, a lot of people left the stadium saying, well, I knew this offense was going to go fast, but they're even faster <laughs> than what I anticipated. And I, I definitely fall into, into that group. From a coaching standpoint, though, I, I just think it's an – incredible advantage here for the next few weeks moving forward because of that up-tempo offense like how do you how do you accurately game plan for that if you are an opponent for OU in these next few weeks can you replicate that at at all can you see it at all in practice it's pretty difficult yeah you you can um it, it takes some it's some real you know orchestrating to be able to get your scout team you know what what you do is you have two huddles and the second that one play is run, that group leaves the field, and that other group's running on, running to the ball. You know, so it's it's not easy, but uh, but you can do it to some degree. Yeah, um, you know, another thing is I, I thought there was it, it wasn't a ton of plays, but we saw some special teams uh, stuff. Bowman on the kickoff return was bringing everything out and. Boy, he's going to be impressive. He was close to breaking a couple of those. Mims had a nice punt return. Uh, you know, it, special teams, as we saw around the country, there was a lot of punts blocked out there. There was a lot of muffed catches. There was a lot of, uh, you know, missed missed field goals, missed extra points that cost people games. So it looked like that special teams is off to a, a pretty positive start. Yeah, Arts, I thought OU special teams looked really solid, really good. Um, you know, most of the, the punts I see be, being blocked, those everybody wants to run, run, run to the side, and they keep running right into people. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. So Did you true. see the one on, was it Thursday night, where the punter ran downfield like 10 yards and then tried to punt it after running down <laughs> It was a great punt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure I'm a, a big fan of that style, but, hey, to each his own, I guess. You know, if, if you think about it, Bob was at one game where the offense scores 21 points in like 15 offensive plays. I know he had his eye on the Iowa game, and they all hey, count hey, the same. It's all, it's all go, one hey. and oh. It's all one and oh, hey. Bob. Hey, leave my Hawkeyes alone. Right. There's something incredible uh, with being able to win a game only kicking a field goal, especially in this day and age on offense. That's a, that's a feat rarely matched. Which hey, my first yeah. my first game at Florida, we're playing Georgia uh, Southern option team, and we scored defensively. We scored three touchdowns, and Coach Spurrier's offense only co- uh, scored two. And he was knocking on my door after outside the locker room. He said, "Stupsy," he says, "I bet we outscore you next week." <laughs> uh, I thought he was maybe trying to poach some of your defensive backs for receivers or something. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's good stuff, um, man. It was it was a wild weekend in college football. Uh, did anything catch your eye out there? Any games stand out? Any teams stand out? Uh yeah, heck yeah. I thought uh, I thought Oklahoma State looked really really good. I I didn't see the the second half when they came back on them, but I was I I just thought uh, Spencer Sanders looked outstanding. Just different, you know. That's yeah. what I'd notice. I just seem more comfortable, however you want to put it. Um, you know, of course, uh, Georgia. That didn't surprise me. I mm. picked that. I didn't think Oregon could even be close to as physical as them, and that showed. Uh, so they look really good. Um, you know, uh, I don't know who else. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, Florida looked good. That Florida Utah game. Was awesome. Game. Was I thought Florida impressive. looked strong. Yeah. 
Utah's a tough, good team, and uh, I thought Florida looked uh, really strong and good. And, you know, Billy's a good coach. He's got a great track record. You know, Florida's always got good personnel, so uh, he's off to a great start for sure. Um, anyway, you know, so a lot of a lot of positives there. And, again, I, I thought, oh, you, I thought we looked really solid for – First game out there with a new staff and a lot of new pieces. Got some big games on Saturday, too. Um, I guess the headliner would be that game in Austin at 11 a.m., Alabama and Texas. How do you see that football game going? Oh, I better not say. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. It's not for me to have anything out there uh, bulletin board material-wise. But uh, but anyway, we'll see. Like I, I kind of said this last week, maybe, but I'm, you know, and – Everybody, you know, you hear so many years that Texas is back, and I need to see it first. I've uh, I've heard that for too many, uh, too many years, and it not be true that let's let's see, you know, and uh, you know this is a chance for them to show it. Yeah, the scary part could be that you know they're headed to the SEC. That Texas uh, high school football is a big recruiting ground, and it's a chance for Alabama and Coach Saban to go in. And uh, impossibly prove a point. So we'll see. Uh, they better be. They better bring their A game. We know that the Alabama absolutely will. All right, Coach. Um, that's a great week one. It was awesome to to chat with you about it. And happy keep, early birthday. Yeah, happy early birthday. We'll be out there. I'll be out there Friday. We'll we'll I get think a chance I will to be say too, hi. Actually, both of us will. I be. appreciate you guys. Yeah, thanks for not bringing up how old I'm going to be either. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we'll have a good time out at our our golf event, and then we look forward to playing Kent, the, the Golden Flash. They, they, uh, that's my first full-time job. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's how right. was that? What was the difference going straight from Iowa, uh, Iowa there to Kent State? Uh, it was quite a bit different you know, <laughs> from the Big Ten and all that to uh, the Mid-American and a uh, little bit different. There is, I think in those days, maybe – Six eight thousand people in the stands when I was at Iowa playing in front of sixty five thousand, so a little bit different. But it was a great time. I loved it. Uh, Dick Crum, our head coach, gave me a, one of my first full time opportunity to coach my own players, and wonderful man, and uh, was an excellent coach. And anyway, it was fun, and it was forty five minutes from Youngstown, uh, about thirty minutes from Cleveland, ten minutes from Akron. So I was right in the area I had been familiar with growing up to some degree. So it was uh, it was a fun time to be back there. Well, good stuff. Uh, should be a good game. They've put together a nice little program there. They've got a brutal non-conference schedule this year, though. So uh, collecting uh, those paychecks. Oh boy! Oh yeah, I man. guess so. <laughs> at Washington, at OU, at Georgia. Woo. That's about. Oh as- my goodness! I didn't realize Georgia was next. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they place they get they get a home game in week three, and then they're at Georgia week four. So I guess there's at least a little break. I guess so. Uh, if you want to call it that. Well, that's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. We got an evening kick, which I know is going to be nice. That was a a, a brutal uh, brutal game out there, temperature wise. But it's going to be fun, Coach. We appreciate you stopping by. All right, guys, good to be with you. Boomer Sooner. Boomer Sooner. Yeah, that, that golf tournament on Friday is going to be fun. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be out there, and I was thinking of all the possibilities, because there's going to be a lot of former players out there, right? Is that yeah. kind of the plan? Yeah, I think so. And so 
It was, well, I'll just text uh, old Matty McMillan and, and see if we can work something out here to get some of these former players on. And then I thought, well, I don't know. Is, that, is that the best idea on a Friday afternoon while everyone's been out there on the course for three and a half, four hours? I don't know. I don't know if that's the, the best idea ever. I'll answer that for you right now. <laughs> it is the best idea, but it is an absolute disaster waiting yeah, to happen. I know. There you I, go. Yeah, there's no <laughs> doubt. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit the text line next. 651-3439. Cavens Construction, bringing you our number one of the rush, CavensConstruction.com. You can see everything they can offer you. That's CavensConstruction.com. Air Comfort Solutions text line is 405-651-3439. This text is in all caps. Good, clean game. Defense look good. Offense needs to light Kent State up. Yeah. Agree on all fronts. I agree with that, and I think – I think everything we saw on Saturday, uh, there's not one part of the game that doesn't need improvement, and I expect to see improvement in in all areas. Yeah, I really uh, do. Where's like the obvious thing though? Like without offensive line, without saying, uh, "Well, I got to watch the film to see." I go watch the. I, I love it when people say that. Well, I don't know yet. I got to go watch the film to see. It's offensive line and play a cleaner football game is the obvious thing we'll be able to tell. Yeah. Yep. I, I think think the offensive line uh, play a, a cleaner football game, which, you know, I don't know what the status of Wanye Morris is, but – Expect to have him back sooner rather than later. I the believe – official word from Brent Venables today. I believe that having him back is – is going to obviously cure a lot of the issues on the offensive line. I think that he'll play right. He's comfortable there. Harrison can go back to left where he's comfortable. And, you know, I, I think your three best players are probably Wanye Morris, Raym, and Harrison. And to have those three out there, you know what you're going to get from Murray. Good, strong play. And – Left guard, I believe that if you move Harrison back to left tackle and you've got Raym at center, you're more comfortable maybe giving Savion Bird a little bit of of playing time at left guard because he's the most physical player that they've got on the entire offensive line. He blows people off the ball. Um, I just realized something, and it's going to be something that, unfortunately, we have to talk about all season long. We have graduated from – one of the corners on the defense going to stop playing 12 yards off the ball. Now we are in, is OU a primarily zone defense now? <laughs> That's the question. Those are the questions we're getting on the text line now. Yes. Of course. And now that people are going to be asking the difference between zone and man, and we're going to have to break all that down from every single angle, I guess that's where we're at now. Well, that's fair. I mean, they're going to do some some different things defensively that that we haven't seen uh, a whole lot of previously and they're also going to do a lot of similar things that we've seen recently but you know the a lot of their packages we're not going to see until 
probably later in the season whenever it's a it's a necessity. You know, it's not like you're you're hiding anything because it's going to be all over all all Venables Clemson era tape. So it's not going to be anything that people are surprised. It's just. You know, when do they when do they kind of move into some of those different fronts and coverages? The biggest improvement was definitely the open field tackling. Uh, Brian and Tulsa, Jaron Canick is going to be a dude in this defense. Agree with both of those. Jesse says, so where is the disconnect? We were told the O-line was the strength of the team in camp. I saw improved run blocking versus last year, but pass protection regressed. Is it all Morris? Uh, well, I think a lot of it is is Morris. I think... A lot of it is, you know, it was it was Guyton's first start, right, in a new offense at a position that he has not played for very long. So just because he played a certain way in game one, and let me reemphasize, he had some really, really good moments out there where you can see that he he physically is probably the most talented offensive lineman that they have. So it's not like the whole thing was just a disaster for him. It wasn't. Um, I, I agree. I thought some of the, the run blocking was was improved. I don't think the pass blocking was worse than last year. I don't, I don't think there's – No, I don't think so either. Well, the first thing is you can't even compare one game with an entire season. Like We don't know – what the what the real offensive line is going to look like, okay? But, yeah, throwing the offensive line into disarray right before the first game with the suspension or, or whatever it is of, of Wanya Morris definitely did not help things. 918, if we can just tackle, I don't care if we run, run zone, man, or whatever other thing you can dream up. Yeah. Well. Accurate. That's one of the benefits of running zone is it lends itself to to better tackling. Why? Because most guys are at least facing the football and have, have an eye on where it's going and can come off and make a play. Any chance Teddy can give us more oohs and ahs on the radio broadcast? Yes, give the ball to Gavin Freeman. And he'll go, whoa. If I see something ooh or ah worthy, you will get – an ooh or an ah. Okay? I'll give you something ooh or ah worthy. Okay. I guess uh, Ed Ogeron was at the Little Rock Touchdown Club today, and uh, <laughs> I guess here's how his uh, firing essentially went down. <laughs> that's awesome he got called in the office said you got 17.1 million dollars left on your deal or whatever buyout what do you want me to go uh yeah man it's it's the greatest day in the life of a coach probably right you guys you can have this mess i'm out of here and i'm taking my uh my buyout money with me uh not a shock yeah he's He's living the good life there. Um, he can you, dedicate more time now that he's not coaching to running around shirtless uh, around town. Which is funny. Trying to you, pick up babes at the gas station. When you first brought up that clip and he was sitting there, it looked like he was wearing jean shorts and a blue blazer 
but at least he has full length jeans on. I thought those were jean shorts. You know what? It really does. Because <laughs> there's a like a guy's head in the audience is right there at his knee. It looked like <laughs> it looked like the uh, cut off jeans. It l- shorts. looked like the or, or, or jeans where there's a giant hole at the kneecap, yes. which we all wore in high school at some point. Yeah. So I was laughing. I was like, "Come on, there's no way." That's funny. Yeah, uh, Coach O, he's doing all right. I don't know. He may burn through that $17 million pretty quick after taxes and a couple of trips to Vegas. Uh, he may be looking for a job sooner rather than later. He seems like a guy that's um, he's going to have fun with that cash he's earned. Yeah, some of these uh, crazier fan bases out there that don't have a great start to the year defensively, that's when you're in desperation mode. That's when you know you haven't played good ball is when – what about Ed Ogeron for defensive coordinator? Oh, yeah. What about Ed Ogeron for defensive line coach? Well, Some teams out there are about to start kicking the tires, or at least the fan base, on bringing Ed O back as a defensive assistant. Hey, which I'll tell you right now, it, if you are a team that's got good coaches, a good system, and well, I'll tell you who needs to hire Ed O. Like Iowa State or like Nebraska. Someone where it's really hard. Like you have good players, you have smart players, you do a good job keeping it close with a lot of, but you kind of lose out to the teams that are able to recruit well above your head. I say what you want about Coach O, but the dude can absolutely recruit. He does an outstanding job. Yeah, um, I just don't think with 17 mil in the bank that he's going to move to Ames or Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> just, uh, just a hunch there. How oh, about yeah. Coach O taking Frosty's spot? Yeah, I don't think Nebraska is going to go in the direction of Ed Ogeron. But to no. be fair, I have no idea the direction Nebraska is going to go after this. They could, they could, they could go. They could pull the Brett Bielema card for all I know. Hey, who knows? Maybe Frost goes on a heater here, starts winning some football games. Let's hope not. No. Um, well, that spread was like three and a half this summer. I wonder what that spread's going to look like next week. I don't know who they got this week. They have uh, Georgia, Georgia Southern or Georgia State. Georgia Southern, yeah. and they better look out. Georgia Southern's hey, typically got some athletes on the team. They're a 21 point, 21 and a half point favorite, and I'm like, what am I missing here? They barely <laughs> right. beat North Dakota. They did beat North Dakota by 21, I think. Wow. Yeah. All right. Uh, late for a timeout. Quick break. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number one next. Cavis Construction bringing you hour number one of The Rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman inside the Brown O'Haver Studios, CavinsConstruction.com. Uh, 25 years ago today, a football game was played in Norman. Donovan McNabb and the Syracuse Orange came to town, and with five seconds left, the score was OU 36, Syracuse 34. Beat Donovan McNabb. He uh, yacked on the field uh, a time or two during that game. 
that snapped an eight-game losing streak for uh, OU that afternoon. Right. The 1997 uh, home opener. Well. What a memory. Uh, yeah. That, that crowd sounded awesome, by the way. Right? Well, at Syracuse, they ended up playing the Fiesta Bowl that year. They were a pretty good team that season. Um, that, was, that, was a, that was a big game. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it sounded like it was a packed crowd that so, day. Now, hang on a second. That wasn't the opener then? It was not the season opener. It was the home opener. The week before, they got shut out by Northwestern in Chicago. Gotcha. I see. Who was that coach for Syracuse walking off? Was that Paul Pascaloni that I, was the head coach there? Uh, maybe whenever that video played, it looked like I was like, is that Jim Mora walking off there? <laughs> no, we couldn't get that lucky. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's funny. Yeah, um, that's who it was. That was awesome. How about that roar from the crowd? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, OU blocked two punts and a field goal that day to win, oh, this, and they needed every single one of them. This text from the 580 says Travian Smith blocked – uh, a punt and a field goal. And that, that field goal that I just played. Oh, my gosh. That dude was incredible. I went to a game. I thought it was 97, but maybe it was 90. I guess it would have been 98 against Louisville. And he was out there. I think he was number 36 at the time. Um, he was incredible. He was all over the field. Long and lean. Looked like he was like 6'4". Uh, he was he was really really fun to watch. Went on did some good things in the NFL. Played for the Raiders for a while. Yeah, that was uh, that was '97 when they played Louisville actually, yeah. which they played them at home in '97 and on the road at '99, which is a little bit interesting. But yeah, they beat Louisville that day, 35-14, yeah. in front of 74, just under 75,000 fans. Yep. How about that? It was packed. It was awesome. That was my first ever OU game, and I was like, this is incredible. Well, you had a better experience than I did. 1996, home loss to Tulsa was my first ever OU game. But, buddy, we kept coming back after now, that. I feel like, and maybe this is stupid to say, but was that Louisville game the first night game at OU? Um, I thought like a game against Colorado. They, they played a game in 95 at home against Kansas at night. Okay. Let me go back and look and see. Uh, yeah, they played at 630 against Kansas back in the day. I remember that. Why, why do I think, okay, maybe that Colorado game in 95 was the first night game ever. Well, there was something, they were saying something about that game about it being maybe it was their first non-conference night game ever yeah, or maybe. something I don't know but I was like really that seems strange but yeah embarrassing OU rushed the field after beating Syracuse that come on I'm uh, not coming down on the student section or the fans for rushing the field against Syracuse it was a big win at the time we also rushed the field uh what the year the year after when we beat TCU in a similar fashion and mm. Kind of rushed the field when we beat Oklahoma State in 2012. Was it 12? I, well, I, I, I rushed the field as a media <laughs> member. I don't know if any fans did. <laughs> uh, that was that was a wild game. Do you like that pool, though, that Colorado in 95 was the first night game yeah, ever? Yeah, that you was like pretty that? good. That's pretty good. That huh? was pretty impressive, I, I must say. They brought out the mobile lights for that one. Well, um, just I, let them have it. 97, they needed something big to happen. They got to win against Syracuse. Let, it, let them have it. Okay, there's a difference between storming the court, 
because of who you beat, then or storming the court or the field, uh, depending on who you beat or how you won the game, right? If you win a really tough competitive game in a in a wild manner, the emotion pours over instantly, and you may get something like that. By the way, that uh, Syracuse game, nineteen ninety seven yeah. home opener, that was the first game that they had the old scoreboard that they used to have in the south end zone. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Big deal. Sooner vision. That was big time. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two is next.